just want to pray one more time. We can do that, right? God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us right here, right now. We thank you, Lord, that you're already speaking. Lord, we just need to tune in. You're always speaking. You're always leading, always directing us. Lord, we just need to tune in. I pray in Jesus' name, right now, wherever our minds are and wherever our hearts are, Lord, wherever the tuning is off, Lord, wherever we're listening to the wrong thing, listening to the wrong voices or leaning upon the wrong strengths, Lord, just help us today, right here, right now, Lord, tune us in to your voice. I pray, Lord, that every single voice that the enemy has spoken, every single lie that he has spoken into our minds and into our hearts, we squash those things and break the power of those words right now. And as we speak the word, I thank you, Lord, that those words are going to get real small and they're going to be gone forever. In Jesus' name, amen. just feel like I needed to do that one more time. I want you to look in your Bibles, if you have it, or you can look at the screen at the book of Genesis, chapter 1. I want to get right into this. I always say I'm going to be brief, and then that's the hour-long one, but I really don't intend to do that today. So just raise your hands if it hits the point where we're done, all right? Otherwise, I'm not going to stop. It says in Genesis 1, 1, it says, In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. And it says that darkness covered the deep waters. In the beginning, the earth was formless and empty. It was void. There was, it's funny that it's even called the earth. I mean, what was it? But it says that there was waters. That's all we know. I love how evolution has tried to, you know, they steal it right from the Bible. We have no written history of, uh, of the earth's history, right? But somehow they've dictated that there was waters. Well, in the Bible, <laughs> it says there was waters. But we didn't crawl out in, in a, a, a single cell organism. The Bible says that God created everything. God created the heavens and the earth. And but something happened here that there's darkness covering the deep waters. And it says, and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. We don't know exactly what happened in heaven where Satan who was God's highest-ranking angel. We don't know the exact thing that happened of how he lost that and fell. We sum it up as pride, and we sum it up as he thought himself equal with God. And Jesus said that he saw him fall like lightning to the earth. We don't know if that happened here, if, if it's in between one, verse 1 and 2. But we know that as a, a few verses later with Adam and Eve, that Satan was there. But it's interesting to note 
that it says right here, verse 1 and verse 2, that there was already darkness. But look what it says. It says that God's Spirit hovered over. He covered. It says that there was darkness and He covered it. And God said, verse 3, let there be light. And when God says something, what happens? And there was light. Come on, that's a, test, that's a testimony of Jesus Christ. When Jesus, when God said something, it was going to be done. When God said Jesus is coming, even though he had, had been prophesied and prophesied and prophesied, and then they doubted that it was him, it doesn't matter what you think. When God says something, he's going to do it. didn't matter that they didn't understand who Jesus was. When God said, I'm going to send an answer, and Jesus came, he's going to do what he says. And he said, let there be light, and there was light. Fact. Verse 4, and God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. So the darkness was something. It was a thing. He separated the light from the darkness. And before you say, well, he separated it because you're talking about the sun and the moon and the stars. Nope, not yet. It says that he separated the light from the darkness. And verse 5, God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, making, marking the first day. The very first thing that God did was on this earth, we're not exactly sure what it looked like, but we know that there were waters. I don't know if there was waters and mountains, but there was waters. The point is that the earth that you're on now was the earth that God's talking about. That's what we need to know about. We need to know that he said that it was the heavens and the earth and the earth. So right here, you live on the earth. This was the earth and there was darkness, but God covered and he spoke light and created a separation between light and darkness. Now it says in 1 John 1, 5, it says that God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Let's look back at Genesis, verse 14 of chapter 1. It says in verse 14, Then God said, Let lights appear in the sky. Wait a second, Pastor. I thought you said in verse 1 that God created the heavens and the earth and that He spoke light on day 1. God separated. God separated the light from the darkness on day one. But here we are in verse 14. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. And let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. And God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made stars. And God set these lights in the sky 
to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and evening passed, and the morning came, marking the, the fourth day. So what happened on day one? God didn't make the lights in the sky, the lights that you see in the natural. God didn't make them until the fourth day. So how did God speak light into darkness on day one and separate it? God, it says in 1 John 1, 5, that God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. On day one, the very first thing that God did before he made anything, it was formless and empty and there was darkness. It was without God. Do you know that actually in the natural, darkness is not actually a thing? Did you know that darkness does not exist? It's the absence of light. Darkness is not real. You can't measure it. There is zero measurement for darkness. There's no way to determine darkness except with with light. What's interesting is science has actually progressed to the point where they're taking light on the other hand, and most of you who have cable television and Wi-Fi and your super fast internet that you're so proud of, you don't even know it, but that's actually traveling with light. Fiber optics is actually light. It's way beyond me. It's beyond my mind. But your super fast internet is actually traveling in light rays. They can also take light and they can form it now, right? And we create all kinds of, from dollar store pocket lasers to really high tech lasers that can cut through steel and stone and all kinds of stuff. So light is an actual thing. It's something that can be measured. It can be seen, right? You think you're seeing darkness, but all you're actually seeing is no light. Isn't that amazing that even science, I love when science starts proving the Bible. See, the Bible says that God... God had created, and, and, and we don't know exactly what's going on here, but there was, this, there was an absence of his presence, so he comes and puts his presence over it. Some have theorized, you know, uh, an old earth, a new earth, whatever your theory is, it doesn't really matter, that there was God, the very first thing he did in the reality that you live in, the earth that you live on, the very first thing he did was he established himself. It says that the spirit hovered and let there be light. And there was light. What's interesting is that if you look at Psalm chapter 104 verse 2, it says that speaking of God, it says that you are dressed in a robe of light and you stretch out the starry curtain of the heavens god is literally dressed his garment it says is a garment of light that's what god is that's who he is and he has no darkness god separated himself from darkness and from evil meet the very first thing he did is establish that separation 
We don't like to give the devil a lot of pulpit time, and I'm not going to give him a lot as well today, but we go to the very first story in the very first chapters of the Bible, and he's there. I would consider that an important character. Any good book is going to establish the main characters immediately. Whether they're mentioned a lot in the story is not really relevant They're going to establish the main characters initially, and then they're going to come and go. Some uh, throughout the story are going to have bigger roles, and we're going to major on us. We're going to major on Jesus Christ. We're going to major on his light. We're going to major on the life that we have in him as Christians, but he's a character that is named at the very, very, very beginning, and it's no coincidence that God separated the light from the darkness on purpose. When he made Adam and Eve, he made them in his image. He made them, because there's no darkness in him, then he made us in what? In light. If he is light, then when he made Adam and Eve, he made them in his light. Separated. Now the devil was sneaky. We know the story. He didn't like that his darkness was covered. He didn't like that God had established his kingdom over top of Satan's. God had covered. He squashed. God, as soon as God showed up, now think about this. If darkness doesn't exist, there's light right now, right? As soon as the light is shining, Darkness, you don't actually have to tell darkness to leave when you turn on a flashlight, do you? Or light a candle. As soon as God showed up on the scene, darkness was already being pushed away. It's not really a fight and a war for God. We don't get the timeline in between, but that's why God has already won. It's already finished. He sat down and rested. That's why we look at the cross as an old thing, as as present today, it's 2,000 years ago, but your victory here today was already done. It's only in God's ways. He's above our ways. He's not like us. As soon as God showed up, his light, the darkness was already leaving. It had no power. The only way the devil got power back was because he tricked man, tricked us back into darkness. And we know that. We know that because we can fast forward to the, Old, the New Testament. We can fast forward and see that I'm not creating a, a story that is untrue. We can see in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, it says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So how were we full of darkness? Because we were born of Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve left the light, when they left the perfection of God and came into the reality that you live in now, your natural man, not your spiritual man. Your spiritual man's living back with Christ and light. But your natural man was born. You were born into darkness. And that's what the Bible tells us, that you were born full of darkness. But now you have light. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 19 says, speaking of Christ one day, speaking of the eternal day, and you can see this in Revelation as well, but it says, no longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its lights by night. Because remember, those things were only in the natural. 
on, the, on day four, the lights and the sun and the moon and the stars so that you could see were there. Adam and Eve, they were there to give them signs and seasons, but they didn't need them to see. This is an odd thing for us to understand. You only need them to see in the natural. But God's light, God doesn't need the sun and the moon and the stars to see. He doesn't need the natural. He is outside of, that, of this natural place. And it says, For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. In John chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 1, we find this, that God who is light, God who established himself as light, he comes on the scene, doesn't he? He comes on the scene in John chapter 1 and says, In the beginning, talking of when? When's the beginning? Well, the same beginning that we just looked at in Genesis. In that beginning, the Word, who's the Word? Jesus. In the beginning, Jesus already existed, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through Him. And nothing that was created except through him. And the word, or in him, we get life. It says in verse 4 that through him, the word, gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. Now, how, why is this? This is John is looking at, he's, John understands this. He's seeing clearly that there was darkness and then the light came. And basically what we're looking at is that darkness came again. We, can, we, we, we have to understand that pre-Christ and without Christ, there is darkness again. Without him, it's dark. Just as it was without him when he first created the earth. When he first created it, it was without him, and he put himself in it and made man, and man left his presence. They left the light back into darkness. But Jesus came on the scene here, and it says, and his light shines. Verse 5 in the Amplified says, and the light shines on in the darkness and it says in the Amplified that the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out, absorbed it, appropriated it, or, and is unreceptive to it. And in verse 9, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. We need to see that what Jesus did was Jesus was reestablishing what God had established when he first created the earth. There was a new creation. In fact, we can look at the word and Jesus himself, excuse me, is actually called the new Adam because he started again. And the very first thing that had to happen was the very thing that happened in Genesis. That was God's way, was light. That's who he is. And his light came first. The light came in. Now, this is the amazing thing, that just as God created Adam and Eve in his likeness, in his image, in light, even though they left it, 
Jesus welcomes us back in, doesn't he? It says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. In John chapter 8, I'm just going to keep moving, guys. Is that all right? Maybe this is like informational. I'm just it's giving you a lot of scriptures. Hopefully you can just follow along, but I'm just going to be faithful to this and and just keep going. John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. I want you to say this out loud. Jesus, Jesus. is the light of the world. And it said, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Now, when Jesus says that if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, what is that implying to those who are not following him? That you're walking in darkness. We need to understand something as Christians. That the devil whether he was having dominion in that darkness or God was separating something spiritual ahead of time that, he, that I don't know. But what we do know is that the devil claimed that darkness as his own territory. He claimed it and sucked the entire world and sucked humanity into it. And it's only by the very words of Genesis, the Spirit of the Lord coming upon you, hovering over you, the darkness goes. And it says, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Now I established that because, and, and these are just truths, if you're a believer, you know these things. But I really wanted to establish them, maybe they seem... It seemed a little tedious, but I needed to establish just that God is light. That's his way. He made us that way. He made us that way. You were born in darkness, not because he made you that way, but because of sin, because of Satan's plan to put you back away from God's presence. All that darkness is, is the absence of light. So when you are in darkness, then what are you? You are absent from God. That's all that it is. So light equals God. Darkness equals the absence of God. You can call that sin. You can call that the devil. It really doesn't matter. It's all synonymous. But here's the key. And here's what I want you to get today. Jesus isn't the only light, is he? Who's the light? Come on, it's not a trick question. Who's the light? <laughs> we are. This is what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. It says, why don't you read this out loud? Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. What's that say? Now say that. Now I want you to say it this way. I am the light of the world. When God put his spirit upon you, this is what we've been preaching about. We've been preaching about this koinonia, this participation, this partnership with human flesh and spirit God. 
The same thing, and we talked about, we spent two weeks talking about this thing happening with David. Something supernatural happened. What is actually happening in you is that darkness is disappearing. As soon as you show up on the scene, you don't need to even say a word if light is within you. Now, now I'm going to say that as an if, and we're going to look at some verses. If light is in you, if the light is able to shine out of you, then darkness is disappearing. Fact. You don't have to speak to the darkness because you are the light. Light is shining. The darkness cannot overcome the light. You cannot turn on a dark light. <laughs> Black lights only work in the, with light. <laughs> they need light. There's no such thing as shining darkness. So darkness is only existing in your life and in your situation. It doesn't mean you're not going to come up against things. But when there's darkness around you and darkness in your life, when there's darkness that's opposing you, just stand and shine because it cannot, it cannot overcome you. Come on, let's just say that darkness cannot overcome me because I am light. The only way the darkness has power is how did darkness get the power the first time? Because we gave it to him. That's right. Satan tricked Adam and Eve, but he could not take away what God gave them. He couldn't touch Adam and Eve, actually, because the Spirit of God hovered, it covered, it protected them. And actually, in Christ, they were protected from even the knowledge of what evil was. That's special. Do you notice as you become closer to Christ and innocence starts to grow in you? Childlike innocence. Well, that's completely natural, completely normal. The evil, the not even the knowledge of evil is only coming because of our distance from God. As we get closer to Him, there is no darkness in Him. So the more you become like Him, the closer you get to Him, the less the darkness has any influence or even, not even influence, but you aren't, just aren't, you almost are shocked by things that are happening. It says, though, look at verse 15. I love that, and I needed to proclaim that. God is light, he proclaimed light, he established light, and you are light, he said to you. But in verse 15, the koinonia, I want to bring this unto you. This is our place. It says, verse 15, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. I told you last week that everybody has a choice. We all have a choice to follow God. You even have a choice of letting your light shine. Let your light shine. Yeah, you know that song. That's a good one. You have a choice. It's, isn't it interesting that God's light covered 
the darkness. But he's telling us here, don't cover up your light. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light. Listen to what it says. Are you a light for you? Why are you a light? Did God establish you as a light for you? Why did God establish light on the earth the very first time? When he separated the darkness because he had a plan to do what? To make us. He only made you separated from darkness. His light established upon this earth. God doesn't live on the earth. Did you know that? He only lives here through you. Where does God live? Where does God dwell? Outside of this realm, he lives in heaven, whatever that is. Maybe that's another dimension of earth. I don't know how to tell you what that is, but it's not physically on earth. So when God put light on the earth, it was not for himself, but for you. Well, guess what? As children of God and in his image and in his likeness, then everything you do, everything you are would be like God. So when God made you light, who did he make you light for? You? We get the benefits of the light of God. Like I said, there's an innocence that comes. There's a fellowship that comes, and that's amazing. I love that. I love that we get to be close to him, and we become like him, and we get to know his thoughts and know his heart. But it says that a light is, a lamp is placed on a stand where it's light. It gives light to everyone in the house. And verse 16, now listen, let's bring this home. Verse 16, it says, in the same way, in what same way? The same way that Jesus is giving us this analogy of a lamp on a stand. The purpose of the lamp, even though that's you, you are the lamp, I'm putting you on a stand for a purpose, and it's not for you. You are there for a purpose. And he told us, though, that it was a choice. He said, if you follow me, you won't be in darkness anymore. So you became light, which was incredible. But you became light because Jesus was going to leave this world and be in this world still through who? Through us. So verse 16, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Wait a second, pastor, you're getting way too legalistic. Good deeds, we don't need to worry about those things. We're not good, no one's good. Well, Jesus told us that it's our good deeds, actually, that causes, it says, everyone will praise your heavenly Father. They see the light just as you saw the light. And I've said this before. Remember, who's had, who got saved because Jesus showed up in your bedroom? Anybody here? Who got saved because somebody spoke truth to you? Who got saved because you heard someone say the truth and you saw their lives 
reflecting the words that they were saying. I would say all of us. That's amazing that God gives people revelations. As, hey, hey, that has happened. He comes into people's bedrooms. I've heard it. I wish that he did it for all, and I don't understand, but this is, he tells us right here in Matthew, this is my method. And when you are putting, when you put a basket, when we try to keep our light inside and we keep it to ourselves, it's not God's nature. That's not God. God of himself, he put himself, laid him, he laid it out, and he knew that we were going to deceive him, I mean, to disrespect him and walk away from him and, and, and go and follow our own ways. He knew that, and he knew that we would reject Jesus. But he was so gracious and merciful that he did it again and again and again. Jesus is a redo. Do you realize that? It's not God's, it's not second, it's not a mess up, because in God's perfection, what does it say? And that's why I wanted you to see this. It said, in the beginning, Jesus was there. So even though it's a redo, it's because somehow in God's amazingness, he knew that you would do it and knew that you would need Christ. Some have asked from outside the church, why would God do that? If God knew it, doesn't that seem weird? I have no idea. All I know is that God's God and he's good. A, he knows what he's doing. B, <laughs> and C, the devil and all of his plans and his devices, his darkness will always fail. So I don't know, but what I do know is that Jesus came as the light again and reestablished a permanent, one that can never be taken, one that can never be put out, and then said, I want you to be that light. It says in 1 John 1, verse 5, this is the message we heard from Jesus. And now declare to you, God is light. And we read this. And there is no darkness in him at all. But look at what it says. We, we know that. But in verse 6, it says, So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Verse 7 in the New King James, it says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship. And there's that word again, koinonia. It's the same word here. If we walk, do you see that word, if? That's conditional. He is light, and you have a choice to walk in his light. Jesus said it. Follow me. Now, if you are light, you can't... Jesus wasn't saying that there's a way to cover it. He was implying that you can't cover it. You either are light or you're not. You either are light or you are darkness. There is no covering. He wasn't saying, you know, don't cover it. He was saying, you cannot cover it. You can't, because nobody does that. That's not what we do. That's not how it works. You don't light a lamp under a basket. That's not how the light of God in you works. It doesn't, you cannot cover it. Which means, if your light is dim, we just need a little more of Jesus in us. That's it. If we haven't been shining, we just need to go back to 
the source. You are only a reflection of him. Do you know that that's actually what Satan's job was? That the name Lucifer actually means light reflector. Isn't that ironic that the very thing that he's trying to squash was his job? Well, that makes a lot of sense because if you look a little bit at human nature, and we call that the animal nature, which is really a reflection not of God, but of whose nature? As Jesus tells us in the Bible, your father, the devil. So it's the devil's nature. Let's look a little bit at that. Does human nature like when somebody takes your job? I don't even like saying human nature because God made us human. That animal nature in you, right? Animals, they have no, they don't care. You watch, I've said this before, you watch Discovery Channel and the animal, the animal kingdom is ruthless. They don't have a, like a spirit within them. It's just, it's a doggy dog world, man. Right. Literally. <laughs> Literally. And your nat- that nature out of you does not like when somebody takes something that was yours. I think that that's incredibly ironic. And that makes a lot of sense why he's trying to squash it. And God is telling us, he said, he said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have Koinonia, we have fellowship, partnership with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I love that he wraps us all together because we love the blood of Christ and we love the cleansing of our sins. But the light shining out of you is a package deal. The partnership you made with God came with Cleansing of your sin. There is no cleansing of sin without the partnership with God. And we've already established for two weeks that when you were cleansed of your sins and became a partner with God, His Spirit, just as it did on David, came upon you. The Spirit of God came upon you and He is not able to be covered. The only thing that stops His light from shining is our will What did Adam and Eve do to leave the light? When they chose their own will, they walked out of God's light. When we are in his will, when we are doing what he's asked of us, it says in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's own possession. And as a result, so what's it say? As a result, you can show or you will show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The Amplified says to display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his, into his marvelous light. I want you to look at this last scripture, this last chunk of scripture here in Ephesians 8. I want you to see this again, and we'll close with this. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, as we've already stated, you were once full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. It says, what's that say there? I want you to say this out loud. What does so mean? (laughs) 
therefore, right. What's it mean? It means I've told you something, so now here's your reaction. So, what's it say? So we were full of darkness because of Satan and sin and the trickery, and we came out of his grip, his power, his lies, and his control into God's, and with it is what? A surrender of our will. You became a lamp on a stand. This is what we need to understand as believers. It is not you surrendered over. If you want to do things your own way and do what you want to do when you want to do, then light is not for you. Because light, God's light, goes where? In a lamp and on a stand. I don't want to be light on a stand, Lord. I want to do what I want to do and go where I want to go and be who I want to be. Well, then, then we're not going to work because the way we work is a partnership. My nature on your body. Your body, my light. Your body, my power. Your body, me. They're not supposed to even see you, Matthew 5 said, right? When they see you, Jesus is sitting right here. There's a statement. It's been, it's been said since the 1800s. I tried to track who said it first. I think I found it. I'm not going to say a name because I always mess it up. You can find it yourself. But the statement is, you may be the only Bible that someone will ever read. Before you ever read the Bible, did you read the Bible? I mean, it sounds like a childish trick question. What did you read? Something on somebody. Something, even if it was, it could have been, seemed a little religious, it could have seemed a little weird, but it's something and it was truth in their life and in their words that spoke to you. Without the light coming out of you, I'm going to make a really sharp statement. If it's not shining out of you, then I would start questioning what's in you. And that's not a weight on you. That's not to condemn you. That's to help you. Is anybody in this room dead yet? No. So you still got a chance right now <laughs> for the light within you, verse 9, produces only what is good, right, and true. So if other stuff is coming out, we need to get back to the light. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Really. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Do you know you don't actually have to try and expose? What have we established? I told you I'm a little tedious when I'm giving you the details and I try to bring it together. I'm bringing it together. You don't even have to try and expose. You just be you. 
If you are in him, if you are in the light as he is in the light, then your nature and what you're reflecting is not you but him, and it will expose. And that's why you've heard it. Who's heard that some of the greats who have served our Lord are just walking down a street, right? Or sitting somewhere and people fall at their feet and start weeping. What do you have? I want what you have. I want what's in you. Because the light is shining and it's exposing. It's exposing the lies and that the enemy has trapped them. It says in verse 12, and I'm closing here, it is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. What does it say? Who is the light? We've established this. Jesus said, I'm the light, but who is the light here, right here on earth, right now? We don't need, we're not prideful about it. We're not taking away from Christ. He is the light in us, but we are the light. So how are their evil intentions? How are the things that the ungodly are doing? How are they possibly exposed if we don't ever shine our light on them? The only way that the world will see that they're in darkness, that the world would know Jesus wasn't silent, was he? If he just came into the world and was silent and never did anything, then how would the world have known about the light? But he said out of his mouth the same thing that we can say out of our mouths, and his life reflected his words. That's a key to many Christians, not in this church, but of, of Christianity. And we know that we're saying one thing and reflecting another thing. But out of his mouth, he spoke the truth and said, follow me and you'll never have darkness again. And it says, their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. We need to be the light because this world is dying. There are people around us at every second of every day that are dead. They're not actually dying. Without Christ, you're already dead. Your body's just not in the ground yet, but death is, it's, de it's already dead. We need to shine. It says in verse 14, come on, this is the last verse. Let's stand together and read this out loud. It says in verse 14, for, ready? For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Hopefully I can, I brought, you know, sometimes I'm trying to convert it through here, this funnel out to here. So I just pray however it came, came out. I knew that's what the Lord wanted to say. That he's trying to get his light out of you into the world around you. Let's just close our eyes and pray. Lord, we thank you that you have exposed the darkness in us. You've already exposed the evil, Lord. You already exposed how we were tricked, that the old life that we thought was good and, and the life of the world, Lord, we, it was exposed, that it was a facade and it wasn't real. And your light shined in our heart and gave us life. We thank you, Lord. We can never thank you enough, Lord, for the cross and for the blood and for the price you paid. But we thank you, God, that just as you 
paid the price with your life. You gave your life to shine for us. And the same way you're asking us, when we decide to follow you, that we are now light bearers. We are light reflectors for you, Lord. We are literally reflecting the light of God to this world. And without us shining, Lord, your word says, if no one tells them, how will they know? I pray, Lord, but that at most of all, Lord, that our actions and our lives, Lord, help us to get rid of the things and the junk and the opinions and, the, and just all the stuff, Lord, in our lives that distract people from seeing what's coming out of our mouth. I pray that our lives would reflect those words and not, Lord, our flesh and our will. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.